Wow, wow. Here we go, Alec. The inaugural podcast. Oh, Matter yeah. of fact, this is as good as life gets, isn't it? We've, we've reached the apex. Can't get any better. It's all downhill from here, really. Yeah. It's not no, going to get any better. I think so. This is everything I've ever worked for right now in this moment. I mean, I turned 25 yesterday and every day since I've been, been born, I've been leading up to this. So I'm glad we're here. Yeah, no, Looking me too. And, to and it is the first podcast. We should probably talk a little bit about what we're doing. Yep. Um, this is Matter of Facts. It's a podcast that discusses the people, the places and happenings that keep Halifax growing. Now, we all know those with the loud voices, mm-hmm. but Matter of Facts gives a platform to the modest, the humble, and even those who are unintentionally contributing to Halifax's transition into a world-class city. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, we'll also take a monthly deep dive into some of the funny, absurd, and frankly, unbelievable rumors, conversations, and accusations that keep our fair city far from innocent. Uh, We have a lot of great content in store. Today is just the start of it. We have a a lot of great stuff planned today. But I hope you all stay tuned for the duration of this entire podcast. Well, if this was incredible. YouTube, we'd say we'd say smash that YouTube, subscribe YouTube. button. Wouldn't oh we? yeah, hit that like and subscribe button. You don't even have a <laughs> channel for that yet. And YouTube, and who YouTube. is behind the podcast? I'm I'm sat across the table from the best looking guy here in Halifax. Can you say the same? You probably can't. Uh, I I can. Second best looking. guy. Okay, in no, that's good. Uh, so we are Alec Cranston. I'm not Alec Cranston. No. He is. I'm James <laughs> Collins. We're two commercial real estate agents with Cushman and Wakefield, and uh, we're the people for to keep our fingers, ears, noses, and other body parts on the pulse of what's happening around Halifax. Oh, yeah. Tell Love us about it. yourself, Alec. bit about me. Well, actually, I started in this industry about a year ago. So I, like James just said, we work together for Cushman and Wakefield. Do a lot of other things, a lot, lot surrounding hockey and, and coaching hockey locally and have a couple camps I do. But part of the reason I want to get into this podcast is I have a bit of film and TV experience that, you know, kind of went on the back burner when I started in real estate and haven't really had a chance to do much surrounding that since. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. I think this is this is going to be good. And I'm from Halifax. I live downtown with my girlfriend and my little cat. And uh, I've known James for a year now. And we're already starting a podcast together. So. And we're getting married soon. Yes. Now, uh, as an actor, would, would you have slapped Chris Rock? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, you know what? Probably not. Uh, I don't think I would have did that. Um, if he would have said something a little bit more personal than what, uh, what he... What he said to Will, maybe, but I don't think I would have done anything. I'm not that kind of guy. What about you? What would you have done? What what would the Brit? What would the British do? What do you do in Britain? The the, the Brits? Wow, we're a bunch of wimps. We don't like conflict. No, you go off from a cup of tea and say, "Oh, sorry, man." Oh yeah, no, we would. We would. Uh, But we took over the world. You have to remember that we ran the world for hundreds of years, and now we've just retreated. But um, he is right. I am British. I'm a Welshman. Moved here uh, from from the UK in 2010, and now I practice. You better not start or we'll be having a slap of our own, Alec. Uh, and now practice in the worlds of office and industrial real estate, which I've been doing for the last seven years. Now, here's a fact about me. Do you want to know something unbelievable? Absolutely oh, unbelievable? definitely, definitely. I, mean, I am married. Oof. Yeah, there is someone out there who was who was gullible enough. You decided on that. I know, right? She's crazy. Outside of work, my biggest passion would be flying. I learned to fly when I was 15. I never look back, partly because it greatly increases your chances of flying into something. Um, and as a Brit, I love everything you'd expect. Tea, the queen, queen, mm. crumpets, mm. you know, all that good stuff. And, um, and every other British stereotype, which is absolutely not, but is completely true. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll never do is get in a plane with you, I don't think. No. I respect the fact that you're a pilot, but I don't know. I feel like you would do barrel rolls with me in there. Well, so me. far, everybody has come down absolutely fine. Mm, I don't know. We'll, we'll do a podcast up there one day. How does that sound? He, you know what? That actually would be good. If we could pull that off, I'd do it for the for the content. I'd do that. And if you just annoy me, you know, the door's open mm. mid-flight, you just elbow someone out. It's very it's easily perfect. done. Yeah. It'd be over pretty quick. Okay. Well, cool. um, we, we're going to ha- establish a couple of traditions here in, yep. in Matter of Facts. Uh, what do we got? Well, we do have, first of all, we do have a guest today. We will get to that, our inaugural guest, very special guest. But we do... As James said, I have a few segments you want to do with you guys. It'll be regular, so get used to them. They should be a lot of fun. Our first one is called Insane as the Crane. Insane as the Crane. Insane as the Crane. Insane as the Crane. Oh, yeah. Insane as the Crane. Kind of insane like the Crane. I mean, Alec wasn't around when that song was popular, but we was, but you just didn't know it. I didn't know it, but I, I like it now, and it's stuck in my head every day. Thanks to James for getting that done. Um, we call it that insane as the crane for some of you that may know a couple years ago, uh, hurricane Dorian hit us pretty hard and there was a crane that fell on top of a building that was mid construction. At the time I lived pretty close to that, uh, 
to that building, I remember the power was all out. We had some friends over and we lit candles around the whole apartment and we were playing board games and having a few drinks. And then we just heard the big boom. And I was like, what the heck is that? And then, of course, go on Twitter. All the answers are on Twitter and Reddit. Speaking of that, we'll get to that later. But all the answers are there. Saw the pictures of the crane falling down and it's just became a Halifax story. I think it went globally. Like we saw it on news articles in the States and you're like everyone, Jimmy Kimmel, I think talked about it at some point. Well, that happened to me. I, we, we lost power and I went to bed and knew nothing mm. about it. And I woke up the next morning and the power had come back on. I mm. had a bunch of texts from friends and family in the UK mm. saying, Hey, oh, don't you live in Halifax? Suddenly they develop Canadian accents. <laughs> and um, yeah, then I had to log on to the news and this whole thing had happened the night before. So that's one of the crazier things in, in modern recent Halifax history. And I think our goal was to uh, every month feature mm. something that kind of, not tops it, but maybe it's a little, realm, little yeah. insane too. Yeah. So this this week's uh, or this month's story uh, was actually your idea. So I'll let you introduce what we're going to talk about here. I think it's pretty pretty funny. Well, there was only one contender. It, really? It, it is. It is Popeyes. <laughs> oh my goodness! Unbelievable. Like that was. It's. I don't know if it's still going on. I think it is because I saw on Twitter the other day someone was there, and they got there half hour before opening, and they were still thirteenth in line. Which to me is insane as the crane. I just insane find it, as the crane. Insane as the crane. I just find it hilarious because people go and they complain about the line. They they know what they're getting into though. They're going. They know it's going to be a big line for some fried chicken. Um, I've had Popeyes. I do like Popeyes. I haven't had it here yet. I've had it in the states, which I think it might be made a bit differently. But, um, yeah, those lines would, I mean, you said you got caught in the traffic before because it would back yeah, right up. Yeah, well, I live one highway exit away from Larry Utex, so every time I would go to the gym, we would see the lineup, but I think it opened on the Wednesday, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The traffic actually backed up over the two roundabouts down the highway ramp onto the 102. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to roll off the 102 to turn left at the roundabout. I'm thinking there's been some kind of accident, and no, it's just... 600 people wanting fried <laughs> chicken. And, and you oh, mentioned yeah. a good point. It's like the beaches here on Twitter. You see people tweeting in the middle of the summer. Like, it was crazy. We tried to get down to Lawrencetown Beach and we <laughs> couldn't park. Why was everybody at the beach? Well, you had the same idea as yeah, them. Yeah. No, and that's the exact same mentality with the Popeyes. I actually saw on I had a note here. On Facebook Marketplace, someone was selling a half-eaten piece of fried chicken from, uh, from Popeyes. And the amount of comments I saw on it was ridiculous. And they probably did sell it. And they it. probably sold it. I put a bid in on it. I didn't get it. <laughs> I put in $150 and I didn't get it. I'd rather pay that than wait in that line. Um, but yeah, and I've talked to people also who said they beat that line. I talked to one guy. He said he got there at 4 p.m. one day and there was nobody in line. Now I think that's a lie. But I think it's crazy. Maybe I not just, as insane as the crane, but it is It is insane that people will go for some, I don't know, I mean, Everyone, every restaurant has their own thing, but you know, for some fried chicken, there's other places I get fried chicken that I don't have to wait. Like somewhere local. Uh, this is my big thing. Is I'm just looking at the menu here. I mean, the food looks great. I would just demolish mm. oh, most the, of you this. You got the menu. You're hungry, eh? Got oh, the menu yeah, up. Yeah. At, at what time are we recording this? Ten fifteen in the morning on a, yeah. on a Thursday. But for me, yeah, you're taking a lot of business away from the local guys as well. And, and I'm not saying we shouldn't support big brands, but you and I and everyone in this room. By the way, we should mention we're not the only people in the room today. Yes, We've got an audience of five hundred that won a competition. It was the it was the or one. It was the boot prize wasn't it on reddit yep yeah no we've got uh, we've got dylan curry who who wants to only be referred to as the god of marketing there Isn't we that go correct oh yeah and we have mark boudreau from bmv media who yep. is who is engineer extraordinaire yeah uh, and i think we have a guest waiting outside as well yeah was there anything else we wanted to to talk about with popeyes aside from i think you know, four hours in line for fried chicken is perhaps <laughs> potentially maybe a little excessive. I, I wonder, I, I would question the quality of that fried chicken too. I mean, if they're pumping it out that much, I mean, God love the workers. I, I think they actually reduced their hours and... Um, 8, 8 p.m. and they were throwing people out the driving line. Yeah, yeah. and like, I would just, you know, imagine waiting lo- that long in line only for your fried chicken to be cold or soggy. I mean, that's... But, the, you know, people eat it and then they'll sell it on Facebook Marketplace. Exactly. So, well, that was... Insane as the crane till next insane month. And, and if anyone's out there and we ever run out of content, can you please do insane things? Just so we exactly. have something to Let feature. us know. Yeah. But uh, that's not our only segment, so stay tuned. After our inaugural guest, uh, we have some more fun to do with you guys. It should be good. But uh, next up, we're going to have our first inaugural guest. All right, everybody. We have our very first guest of the Matter of Facts podcast. I'd like to welcome Hannah Kovacs. Welcome, first guest. Thank you, thank you. She is the owner of Movie Studios, a locally owned and operated movement studio located on Quimple Road in Halifax. 
Uh, they offer many types of classes such as strength, hit, yoga, uh, and low impact class styles. Welcome, Hannah. We're thrilled to have you. Thrilled to have yeah, you. This is going to be great. Me. Yeah. So I guess we'll get we'll get right into it. Um, you started your business kind of was it just before the pandemic or when the pandemic hit when you first opened up Move East? Yeah, we were um, a ripe six or eight weeks old um, when yeah the pandemic came around. So we were yeah just. Fresh out of the womb, as they say. Yeah. And what was that like? Did you, I mean, when the government mandates came down pretty quick, you had to shut down. Did you kind of pivot into a different way of doing things? I remember you might have had some online classes and you kind of changed, you had to change the way you did things pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was like the famous word of 2020, right? Pivot. Oh, pivot, adapt. And I... I hate that word now because an abundance of caution. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. That was another, um, yeah. Term that was overused, but it was, um, there, there was no other choice but to pivot. Um, so yeah, I mean, similar to lots of, you know, service-based businesses, everything had to, you know, go online and, um, we, we got something up and running pretty quickly. Um, I have a background in tech, so, um, that came, a bit easier to me than most, but still, you know, navigating that whole business model and not only pivoting the service that you offer, but also your business model was probably that that was the hardest part, right? Because you open a brick and mortar and to offer a service-based in-person experience. And that's very different than virtual. So when you're a fresh new business owner and have done so much preparation and all the work to open the business and you're like, I got this. Okay. I've got, you know, my ducks in a row. And then just for everything to be flipped upside down is pretty traumatic. <laughs> and how do clients react there when, when you sign everybody up and you open the doors and they coming through the doors and then you're like, Hey, we appreciate the business, but now turn around, leave and go online. Yeah. I mean, the thing about, um, in person fitness is that the virtual offering is just on a different scale. Like people, we personally, you know, scaled our pricing to reflect that. So it's not fair for someone to pay, you know, between a hundred and $200 for an in-person, you know, fitness studio membership, which is kind of the going rate in Halifax. Um, it's not fair to kind of charge that for the online experience because very much people pay to come through our doors and interact with our staff and, um, in the space. So, um, you know, members were very gracious and just wanted to do anything that they could to support us, but it was early days, right? You know, our, our membership has grown tenfold since then. So to this day, I'm so grateful for the members that, you know, we've had since the beginning, cause they really kind of carried us through mm-hmm. this whole mess. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, even going on that point about having to pivot, with the way the mandates were going, it seemed like you would have had to pivot multiple times because, you know, one day you're open, next day they say shut it down, next day it's open. So it must have been just a constant adjustment every day. But you but you had the experience from the first go around, so you knew what you were doing every time. But at the same time, you know, you never knew what was coming next. So Yeah. Um, yeah, you. it was a, a dreaded, familiar mm. Um, feeling whenever a shutdown came around because there was a very like specific um, process that we had to follow to shut down the business Mm -hmm. and it's a tremendous amount of work and I think that's something that the general public will probably never understand is how much work it is to shut down a business and then reopen especially after a short period of time you know we endured probably I think it was three like complete long pretty long-term shutdowns And, um, just the, you know, the, you would almost feel like a temporary relief because cases would rise and there would be panic and everyone was scared and no one would want to come, you know, in through your doors. So there would be this momentary sense of relief of saying, okay, the government has told us that we need to shut down for, you know, the greater good and to do the right thing. But then, that was very short lived because then the reality would always set in of, Oh my God, what this does to the business and the process of reopening. It's just, 
I, I can't even put it into words how much like, work Do you feel the government understood what you talk about this crazy amount of work you had to go through to shut down and reopen? Did you ever feel there was any liaising with the industry that, you know, maybe the government saw it as an on and off switch, unaware of exactly how much work it took to, to go into a shutdown and come out of one? Did you ever feel there was an understanding of exactly what you had to do? No, of okay. course not. Not at all. And I don't necessarily think that the government had the capacity to, you know, sit down and understand the plight of small business owners in, in reopening their businesses. So I don't necessarily think I expected that of them, but it, they were, their focus was, you know, at the end of the day, we need to make a decision that's going to save lives and, and reduce the, you know, disease and impact. And th they made those decisions, you know, I think through that lens, not, um, unfortunately, you know, we were all kind of collateral damage yep, in right. it. Yeah. So now you're back open, mm -hmm. fully open, 100% capacity, um, if I'm correct. Yeah, everything's good yeah, to go now, pretty I think, much. Well, I think, I don't know, you know, if you guys have chatted with other owners um, with small businesses, service-based businesses, but I think everyone's kind of adjusted yep. their idea of, like, capacity. So, you know, we're actually not at our full mm. pre-pandemic capacity and we'll probably keep it that way for a little while just because things have changed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You definitely. like the extra space and, and people do. Yeah. What are the long-term effects of this to the business plan? Because we, you know, I'll tell you something I, I, fought back with people over the pandemic. People said, look, we went to restaurants and it was great to see them full. And I was saying, yes, but they can only operate at 50%. None of these restaurants built their business plan based on 50% capacity. So yes, you had to wait for a table, but that restaurant's still hemorrhaging money. Exactly. And like, that's so the nail on the head because when you sign a lease and you hopefully are like analyzing your square footage. That's what I did. And you reverse engineer your business plan based on your square footage and restaurants do this movement studios and, and uh, gyms do this right to figure out how many bodies they can get in the space and then turn over for the hours that they're open. So yeah, it was great because optically it looked like we had wait lists most of the time but people forget that we were, you know, between 50 and 60% capacity for the last two years. Like I only recently have been able to operate even close to a normal capacity. And so the trickle down effect of that on your bottom line is that if you're turning over less tables in a restaurant or you can't have as many people in a room, you know, you're, that's good. It just hits your margins. Right. And we, what a lot of business owners saw was an increase in expenses because of the cost of everything, um, has gone up. So, you know, we all had 150% of our, you know, pre pandemic expenses and, you know, slashed capacity mm -hmm. anywhere from, yeah, 50 to 75%. Yeah. Um, what would you say like right, right now, I mean, now that you're kind of I would say we're coming out of the woodwork a bit, but still not, like you said, not normal yet. We still have some adjustments to do over the next couple of years. What would you say is your biggest challenge right now that your your business would be facing and kind of how you're tackling it? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, I think it's more on a personal side. Like I'm just so ingrained. Like my introduction to being a business owner was in a pandemic. Right. So I feel like just being able to relax and say, okay, now I can focus on growing the business the way I was meant to over the last two years. I still hold on to, like, I have a scarcity mindset, mm -hmm. I would say, of just, you know, hoarding everything for fear of, you know, being um, shut down again. Because, you know, we were in a unique position. Many business businesses who opened around the pandemic, even like before or shortly after, were omitted from pretty much all of the relief. So I have operated Movist the last two years with a fraction of the relief that other business, more established businesses have had. And that was really tough. And it took a lot of like, you know, good decision making. I'm not, I didn't knock it out of the park every time, but um, that scarcity mindset has kind of stuck with me a little bit. So now I need to go into like, growth mode instead yeah. of survival mode um so switching that mindset so another been, pivot essentially yeah, yeah yeah like if you're 
if you're operating your business for survival and like what that does to you as a person, <laughs> it's just, I, it's hard to describe. So I'm, I'm trying to transition out of that and kind of think big and, um, and kind of put my, put gas on the pedal. Yep. And in terms of, you know, what's new and what's coming, I, I noticed, I, I followed along on your Instagram, you have a, a new app you recently launched. Yeah. And that's, uh, you. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. You yeah. can do a shameless plug, by the way. <laughs> Just go for it. Full yeah, permission. Let us know. I feel like I'm, like, because of my background in tech, I, I'm a bit of a nerd about these things, and um, I'm really focused on user experience, whether it's in person or online, and I've done a lot of research, and, you know, the to figure out, okay, how can movies have a competitive advantage in the market? And um, it seems like a silly thing, but, you know, a lot of, because online plat- like virtual fitness platforms were really just emerged over the course of the pandemic, there was a lack of software out there that could combine the virtual experience with like the in-studio experience. Right. So I did a lot of research and found an amazing um, company out of uh, the U.S. called Arqueta. And uh, they do both. So I just went through a huge migration where we were able to launch um, this app with a new software so you can actually access all of our, you know, online um, virtual classes in one app and then press another tab and go book in for um, in-person classes. And we're actually the first studio that they launched in North America. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and does this future-proof you in any regard for another pandemic? Like, totally. one question I have for you is, in our industry, Alec and I being being in commercial real estate, we've definitely learned what was tough during the pandemic and what we weren't prepared for. And we've adjusted our business plans and our practice to say, hey, if this happens again, hopefully we'll sail through a little easier. You know, what are you doing now off the back of the pandemic to try to dampen the effects if something happens again? And it might not be a pandemic. We've got geopolitical problems in the world right now. Totally. And there yeah. is so much going on that could so affect much. you. And, and a lot of people didn't didn't realize that until the pandemic hit. Sorry, the pandemic hit. So what have you done? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I would say the last wave, you know, over this past Christmas was a real kick in the pants to, to be like, okay, we're, you know, this is going to kind of stay with us. You do have to, cause I think virtual was a little bit, a little bit of a stopgap. Um, so that was a kick in the pants where I was like, okay, virtual is here to stay. Um, it's another revenue stream. And I think all business owners are probably thinking this way of just like you would diversify your portfolio with your investments, you should diversify your revenue streams. Um, just because you're a small business doesn't mean that you have to be like simple, right. In, in what you, or not simple, but, um, like one track minded in what you offer. And so I've kind of switched that mindset and that was, you know, the switching softwares is a very stressful process and I hope I never have to do that again but it, that was a way to future proof the business so that you know we have this built-in system um, that you know we can leverage should you know another variant or pandemic come around um, we kind of have that built into the business model now and it's been another revenue stream and that's been great and that will only grow right yeah. and it's passive so that's um, a great a great asset a great yeah. um, mindset sorry and, and outlook and I think Maybe people here will disagree, but if if your businesses suffer because of the pandemic and you don't put measures in place off the lessons you learn, do you only have yourself to blame in the future? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard truth, but maybe that's where we truth. are. Yeah, you can't. Uh, we can't continue to do things the way that we've always done them because the world is different now, and I think. Yeah, that's the pandemic was like the starkest reminder of that, that, you know, everything can change in an instant. And if you're not willing to evolve with the times, then, you know, where does what does that say about, you know, you as a business leader? What does that say about you for your, you know, the future of your business? So, yeah, Um, you know, during the pandemic, I found, you know, and like James and I working in real estate, we see these clients all the time. There's a lot of people out there starting businesses, whether it was before the pandemic, during the pandemic, they had time to think, they had time to plan, and they did great. And you know, they want to start a business, and they're doing it successfully. You're somebody that started the planning pr- prior to the pandemic, had to open during, thrived, like were pivot and adapted better than what I've seen a lot do, which is incredible. So, mm-hmm. I guess my question is not even related to the pandemic, 
but from starting a business perspective that others may want to know, you know, what would you say your biggest lesson is, was that you learned starting a business unrelated to the pandemic, just starting a business in general? Um, oh gosh, so many lessons. I mean, stay humble because you know, you, it is very humbling starting a business, right? And just to be of the mindset that you always need to be learning and, you know, it doesn't matter how, you know, if you feel like you've got your stuff together or whatever, um, the, the openness to learn and, and take care of your people, right? Because that's, and that's a lesson that was important in the pandemic and outside of the pandemic, because at the end of the day, you know, it, especially if you're a service-based business like ours, you know, your people are the, the lifeblood of, of what we do. Um, and I, I mean that like in terms of my staff and of course my community, we, we always will look after our community, but, um, yeah, just making sure that you have a really solid team because my team has helped carry me through the whole process of, of becoming a business owner. And, um, you know, it's movies is much more than, you know, fitness classes yep. or Hannah as the owner. So yeah, take care of your people. They're, they're, yeah. What makes your, um, business beat. Yeah, I like that. I feel like, you know, especially powering through the pandemic, you know, it's all, you know, we all went home. We didn't have a, a, lot, of, a lot of us didn't have a place to work. And, but it, so it was about the people, like you're saying, and, you know, making sure your staff are happy and keeping a good environment. Yeah, look look after each other, yeah. right? And um, if, you, if you don't have that, what do you, you know, what's left over at the end of the day? Yeah, absolutely. I think finally, all I have is... Two questions, really. Let's um, let's probe here. What do you think Halifax is doing really well? What do you think we're we're leading in? What do you think we have to look forward to? And conversely, what can we do better? Mm. I mean, what a time to be in Halifax, right? Because it's one of. The, I think I saw there was a a stat that we're one of like the fastest or the fastest growing uh, city in Canada. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but. Anyways, just the the population growth, I think it's a really exciting time to be living and working in uh, the city. And I think, you know, Halifax is really making a concerted effort to catch up with the times. Because when I decided to move back home, I'm from Halifax, uh, from Toronto, I found that um, we just tended to be about like five to 10 years behind the rest of the country. And coming from the UK, I said the same. Okay. Yeah. Most people do 10 years. Okay. That's, um, I was more generous than, and said five, but, um, yeah, yeah. it's just, you know, it, it's making a very concerted effort to catch up. And it's, you know, I think because people are moving back here, um, to, because we realize that this is just, a wonderful place to live and it has so much to offer. So I, I think, you know, a for effort and it still has a little ways to go. And I think Halifax can do a little bit better of a job of embracing change. People here don't like change and, and, and change for anyone is hard, but change is going to, you know, open up our worldview and, you know, kind of, I think we can keep that East Coast charm that we all love about Halifax. And that's, you know, why I moved back here in 2019, because I'm, I want to be close to family and I love the lifestyle and I'm an East Coast girl at heart. So um, but we can keep that, but still, you know, grow our economy and grow the services we offer, you know, be more welcoming to diverse backgrounds and cultures. Right. I think um that's one of my favorite things about having lived in Toronto. Uh, it's just, it was so, and I'm sure, you know, in the UK too, right? It's just um, incredibly diverse. And um, I think Halifax could really benefit from more of that. So no, I would have said exactly the same as you on both of those. Cool. So that's yeah. great insight. That's great. Well, I think uh, we'll wrap it up here. Hannah, appreciate it a lot coming on. Very first guest, our very first <laughs> podcast, very first Thank guest. You. Really appreciate having you on. Uh, for those who haven't checked out movies, please do. They're located at the Keep on Quimple Road. Uh, check out their social media. Check out the app and uh, give it a go. It's an incredible business with an incredible business owner. So thank you, Hannah. Thanks, and guys. stay Thanks tuned. We're not done yet. We have a bit more absurdity to come. You'll want to tune in for this one. We have to stop, stop right here, though, because someone had a birthday yesterday. 
Who, who, who was that? that? Who was that? It, it was Alec, and he was, you were 52? How old? No, uh, 25. Uh, 25 oh, years old. My brother, I wish I was 25. Six. So what, what year were you born? Uh, well, if you take the year 2022 and subtract 25... I can't do that. Just no. tell me. And you get 1997. 1997. Okay, so you will probably never have heard hmm. of the next segment in this show, which we are calling New Kids on the Block. Oh, yeah. Everybody's bopping in the Matter of Fact studio. I love it. See, this was the height of my childhood. So this little segment is called New Kids on the Block, uh, where we are going to introduce Halifax to a new business. Nothing that you've never heard of. We're just going to dive into it a little bit, give some, give some thoughts and opinions. What do we got? Dive into it. Um, we have Upshaw's Roller Dome, which is opening underneath the No Frills in the Spryfield Mall. Um, they're opening in June of this year. Uh, the owner, Shane Upshaw, he wanted a new place for Hel- in Halifax for people to kind of go on a date that wasn't a movie theater, a bar, uh, or a restaurant. All the, all the typical spots you would think of. Um, they're going to be open Tuesdays through Sundays with theme nights focusing on 60s, 70s, and 80s music. Also a plan for senior nights, James. Um, that's pretty cool. Oh, and is there uh, an infant night for you? Oh, right on, man. Right on. <laughs> yeah. like, like, that's pretty cool. I, I'm a big fan of Spryfield. I grew up in Aaron Cove till I was about, I don't know, 11 or 12. Family built a home there. And um, I spent a lot of, logged a lot of hours at the Spryfield Mall. I met Santa Claus there. I bought a whoa, lot. Whoa, of, the real? Yeah, the real Santa Claus. Because I hear there's a lot of those Santas everywhere. But no, there's no. only one real one, and he is the one at the Spryfield Mall. No, he had a red pickup truck. He's the real Santa. He is okay. Sorry, I just uh, just him. just confirming that. Um, no, 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 cool. he's definitely Spry-, Spry Town proud. Um, yeah, I love I love that. I'm pretty pumped about that. I, mean, I don't know how often I'll, I'll probably go. Uh, I know like my mom is a huge fan of rollerblading, so I can already tell her and her friends are going to be going. She has a few pairs. Spryfield Mall. I'm I'm happy that's happening there. Needs to come back to life. Um, there used to be some cool shops in there. I haven't been in there in a long time. Um, I will definitely go back to check this out. I, I spent a lot of my birthdays in the Spryfield Mall. Um, they have a bowl of ram at the back. Oh, I thought you just meant just happy birthday, Alec. Just, just go, go, to, to the mall. go to the mall. Here's a gift card to the Spryfield Mall. Um, they, cause they had, way back when they had a poster shop, they had a smoke shop, and then they had a couple smaller outfits that were, for some reason, just never open. Um, but we all, every, our, actually, growing up when I lived down there, Christmas Eve was a family tradition to go to the Spryfield Mall. And we would go for a walk around, and I'd buy a poster of some sort. I remember I got a Yarmer Jagger. He's a he's a hockey player. Hockey, hockey's a sport. So he, I got oh, that. What a hockey. sport? A sport. I, I I know nothing of sport. No, I know, I know. Anyway, so I got that poster. It was one of my favorite Christmas gifts. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent now too, but I'm very happy this is coming to Spryfield. I think this will be great for the community. That that community itself is growing as it is, both residentially and new businesses are coming in. Um, it seems like every month. Um, it has a lot to offer. I I I advocate for Spryfield quite a bit because I think there's some negative connotations around the area, but they're simply, you know, that's in the past and it's growing and I'm pretty pumped about this. I think this is a great addition. I think it's a really good idea. It's something different. You know, we see a lot of, um, well, we need some more entertainment options in this city as it is. And I think something that's a little out there and a little different is good. I would be useless there. I grew up in a country where no one learns to skate, whether it's on, if it's blades on ice or wheels on shoes. Mm. So I'll come and watch you. How's that? Well, we'll go into a live uh, remote from there one day and I'll just sit there and watch you you gracefully uh, roll your way around the rink. I would love that. I can teach you. I can bring you out, hold your hand, teach you how to skate. It could be great. Just hold my hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. We don't have to skate. I can just hold your hand. We don't have to go on the rink at all. Or just take me on seniors. Night. I wonder we'll if there's. I wonder if they serve. I didn't. If they're serving food and drink, I imagine they will be. I don't um, know. That would be good. I think the two go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, I feel like they must have. They're probably going to have like an arcade portion of it as well. Like, I mean, I've been to one roller park in my life, and it was in the states, and I was. I didn't even participate. I just went in to check it out, and they had like a full arcade pub key kind of style, and then they had the roller derby as well. So I don't know what this will end up looking like, but it is unique, and we do need we need something unique. I mean, it's, they could have just thrown another another restaurant in there, another bar, and they got the bowling alley, which I've lo- like I said logged a lot of hours there. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely check this out at some point, whether it's with you or by myself or not by You'll myself. You'll probably be by yourself. I won't go by yeah. myself. You think Jenna will go with me? She probably wouldn't. She probably. Uh, is she your girlfriend? No, she won't go with you. She no. is. No, she won't. No, 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 no. no. 
Okay, so Upshaw's Roller Dome, very exciting news. That That is new kids on the block for this month. I think we need some more music. Mm. This is real music, Alec. Yeah, I know. I heard this in my house growing up. All right. Well, wow. this will bring us to one of the closing chapters of the inaugural Matter of this Facts This is a good one, though. We say podcast. the best for last. This is a great one. Uh, we call it Reddit Roundup. Reddit Roundup. Haligonians losing their minds over minor inconveniences. Haligonians losing their minds over minor inconveniences. Wow. Hang on. Just stop. Wow. Dylan, Dylan's cracking up here. That was unplanned. <laughs> wow. And that was almost perfect that harmony. That was pitch perfect. Like, I didn't even anticipate what you were going to do. We just went for it. We just went for that. That was incredible. <laughs> okay, so the ethos here is that if you want authoritative information about what's happening around mm. the city, there is no better place to turn than Reddit. Now, you might join a cult along the way. You might give all of your retirement savings to Kanye West's presidential campaign. But Reddit is the place for solid, truthful information, which, which I can vouch for. I have what I call a Reddit bathroom. Um, which is not the place where you go to browse Reddit, although I hear that's a, a popular place as any in the world. Mm. But during the pandemic, it was like 2020, between panic attacks and binge eating, I renovated an entire bathroom just, and this is true, using advice from Reddit. Everything from tiling to installing plumbing, I turned to Reddit thinking it would offer me the absolute best advice. And there is someone out there who's very close to the hearts of Alec and I, very close to the hearts of Alex and I. Oh, oh Will Smith slap coming. Yikes. Who also deploys these wonderful online resources. And I think he'd have something to say about this. In fact, he did. It was Michael Scott. Let's hear oh, what he man. had to say about Wikipedia. Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Anyone in the world can write anything they want about any subject. So you know you are getting the best possible information. You see, he's right. Michael's right. You can go on there and everyone can contribute. I've yeah. always, you know, I, I, I like to model my life after Michael Scott, and I take that with me. As long as you don't do a Scott's tots. Oh. You have no. to have a very embarrassing conversation with a bunch of students when you're 40. I, I fast forward through a little bit of that episode. It's tough. That, <laughs> not the dinner party, but that, one, that one's pretty, pretty cringy. For context, Alec and I are both huge Office fans. Not the British Office, but the Well, the British US. Office was okay. It kind of yeah. set the stage for what is now just The Office. So, yeah, um, you know, Michael Scott had that to say about Wikipedia. I think he'd say the same about Reddit. The point we're making is Reddit is true authority, and anybody who's hung around on the Halifax subreddit will know that it's a cesspit of truths. And as we say, Haligonians losing their minds over minor inconveniences. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do every month is we're going to feature a couple of threads on Reddit. Alec and I don't know what we're going to be featuring for the mm -hmm. other. So uh, over to you, birthday boy. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, mine, mine's just, I found it pretty funny. I don't, it's not too absurd, but I just thought it was hilarious that almost 500 people partook in it. Um, so you, or no, What's the name? Pain Bread. Pain Bread is the name. Asked, not sure if this has been done yet, but I'm curious. Now that the weather is getting warmer, post-March 21st, what will everyone be doing regards to hats? So he has a poll. I will continue to wear a hat in public, or I will stop wearing a hat in public. And 260 people voted for wearing a hat. 158 said I will not wear a hat. The comments, they weren't, like, controversial, but they I found them funny. One guy said, Personally, I've never worn a hat in public, and I will continue to not wear a hat in public. I am anti-hat hair and pro-sunburn scalp. And some guys... Signed, Mr. Bold. Exactly. And then Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and then guy comes through and goes, well, how do you get through the winter days? And the guy said, with cold ears. I put my hood up or throw on a headband if it's really cold. And some guy goes, ah, such is the life of an anti-hatter. So then the word anti-hatter started getting thrown around in this. There's going to be a protest oh, yeah. <laughs> somewhere. I think I see the anti-hatters out there, but I can see my reflection off their heads. What else did they say? Some guy said, I never go with a full hat. I'll go with a visor or a fascinator. So that would be, um, for anyone here who's not, not uh, aware of British culture, a fascinator would be the lovely hat, the big poofy hat with a big display that a, a very uh, astute lady would wear oh. to the horse racing for the oh, day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, one guy said, it's a conspiracy. Remember when they told us hats did more harm than good? 
and then someone says, well, I'll probably wear a hat for the first few weeks and then, then see how it goes. What do you guys think? One guy said he likes to wear multiple hats. The guy says, I will always have a hat on unless the national anthem is playing. That's respectful. And then one guy says, I wear a toque during the summer because my head is so big. I feel that. I have a pretty big head. You probably noticed. Um, well, it's a big brain. Big brain. A lot going on in there. A lot on the, on the mind at all times. One guy said uh, he stopped wearing a hat yesterday. He's just tired of it. So my question to you on that segment mm. is, I don't think I've ever actually seen you in a hat. Would you wear a hat? I I do wear them. The, the, what confuses me about that is I I see hats as a whole as a seasonal thing. You just replace one with the other. Mm. So the toque comes off. On goes the ball cap. Yeah, that's fair. You know, if you're a hipster, on goes the fedora. Hey, I like I respect the fedora. The fedora and uh, any of the, like the peak with the guys in Peaky Blinders, where I love those hats. My dad has a full collection of those and the fedoras. I'm a big fan with the feather in it. With the feather, big hipster thing. Johnny, you know, here, I'll wear one have, one have you heard the uh, Have you heard the hipster joke? I've got it on vinyl. Oh, that was lost. Crickets, okay. Crickets, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I understood it. It's just uh, anyway, it's all good. You just chose to not make me feel good about it. <laughs> well, I mean, he came after my age. I'm going to come after your That's joke. It. Uh, okay. But to answer the question there, yes, I wear a hat in the winter, but I'm very conscious of, of my beautiful head of thick hair here. Mm, and I typically wouldn't wear a toque to the office because when I take it off, it's kind of a George Harrison-esque 1968 mm, look. Yeah. So I tend to preserve you know, what I did in the mirror in the morning and just avoid hats in general. No, I, when I lose my hair, you can ask me the question again. No, I definitely, you know, speaking on the whole losing the hair thing, I, I will eventually lose hair. It's in my, it's in my jeans, but you know, you wearing a hat, if you were- Sorry, wearing, the hair falls into your jeans? Mm, yes, and I pick it out. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, if you wore a ball cap, the only thing is you got a few white hairs that are on the side. So people would assume the majority of your That, hair my is friend, is, is shiny wisdom. Shiny wisdom, eh? Yeah, you have it all to look forward to. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I, I want to just for men and actually kind of put it in now, so people take me more seriously. <laughs> the only reason I have glasses with me is people think, "Oh, he knows what he's talking about." No, you, you rock the specs. I do rock the specs, and people, you know, respect me a bit more, right? So that's my topic. Um, nothing too crazy, but I just thought it was funny how 500 people participated in will or will I not wear a hat? And to answer the question on my end, I will. I wear hats. I have. I brought one with me. Uh, it said Cushman and Wakefield on it. I didn't wear it um, because it makes my head look a little funny. So only a few hats can actually fit my head, uh, but I'm a big hat guy. Like I wear a ball cap in the winter um, or a toque in the winter, and uh, you know, I got a big, I got a lot of hair. I got thick hair. Uh, my hairdressers have told me they have really nice hair. So, and I think if anyone has any opinions on hats, to get in touch, we can probably do a whole show dedicated yeah, to hats at some definitely. point. Definitely, we could have a, a different person in each chair rocking a different hat if they yeah, want to come that's on. Good. I think that'd be well, good. we'll do that. Good. Well, no, that that's that's great. And um, hats, I mean, yeah. Let's get into your Reddit. I think you have a you have a good one, do you? I don't know what it is, but do you have a good one? So we're going to be discussing something that no one ever gets their back up over, ever. This is the first time it's ever been addressed in Halifax. Potholes. What are those? Potholes are these little things that winter creates. Mm. Now, something popped up on Reddit a couple of weeks ago. The user was Yaris Hatchback. Great name. Yeah. Um, this is someone who started spray painting around potholes. He says, after spending $900 hitting a few vicious potholes, I've decided to spray around potholes in the city when I find them. And I can relate. I had to get my exhaust and muffler replaced three weeks ago. It cost about 800 bucks because I did the same thing. But the question here is, does spraying around potholes get them fixed quicker? Now, um, the first comment that we had was from That's Not My Unicorn, who said, be the hero you know you can be. Make them male genitalia. And this huh. goes to a very popular story, some head shaking here in the room, uh, in Manchester in the UK, where somebody took it upon themselves when potholes weren't repaired to spray paint phallic anatomy over these things so that the local municipality found it offensive and got them fixed rather quickly. But, but, but that point was contested by uh, Corporal for Life, who says, if you just spray paint them, city workers might think another team has it covered? I agree with that. Huh. They might think, hey, we're onto this. Someone spray painted it, so we're not going to do anything. So he says, let your freak flag fly. Paint some totally suspect S word around them. And then the, you know, as it is with Reddit, things start kind of getting a little crazy from there. Uh, but this remains civil for a while. Sherry Leeby said that she understands Sorry. that they, they should not be repairing these things on an ad hoc basis 
as the potholes pop up because it needs to be consistently above zero, right? So another user comes in and says, yes, it's actually more expensive to fix every pothole in the city multiple times than to just wait for a month. Dylan's shaking his head there, and you agree? Yeah, he agrees. So why, why should we fix potholes as and when they pop out? when we can wait till the weather's warmer and go and fix them all at once. And then the user says that's why they're waiting. This is very sensible for Reddit, actually. Cost versus benefit. You may think this is unacceptable, and you aren't really wrong. Wow, now it takes a turn. It takes a turn. TNB461 uh, starts complaining about people, and I cut some of this out, but starts complaining about people mm. who are saying they didn't see such bad potholes until they moved to Nova Scotia from other parts of the country. And this has, of course, led them to have to repair their cars. And, and, and he or she says, why should I have to pay more so someone else doesn't have to fix a flat or their suspension? I pay my taxes so I can have a pothole fix and avoid a flat. It's not my problem if you can't afford a proper flat fixer. Potholes never used to be a problem until all of you people came here. We should build a giant pothole to separate the yous from the us's. Honestly, you people astound me. And I said that with... Take a breath. With some passion there. And then... Basically, the thread, which which never happens on Reddit, just descended into an ageist, xenophobic mm. mess. So I've cut a I've cut a lot of things out. Uh, people getting very offensive, saying that they should they should dig a great big uh, pothole on Joe Howe and throw certain people into it. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's potholes according to Reddit. What what is potholes according to Alec? Potholes, the bane of my existence. I'm pretty good at avoiding them, but I mean, you probably know this driving. There are and I'm, pretty, I'm not going to throw Jenna under the bus too much here, but I will a little bit because it's fun comedy. Well, potholes are under the bus, so you yeah. may as well just go for it. Yes, exactly. They're unavoidable. Like, when you're on the highway, like, there are some times where it's unavoidable because there's potholes in the left lane, there's potholes in the right lane. You just have, And they're not big ones. You just have to kind of go through it. And when I'm driving with my girlfriend, Jenna, and uh, there's the unavoidable pothole, it's like you know it's coming. You know the look is coming. She's going to give you the stare. It happens every time. I hit the pothole. I can feel the glare. And I'm like, I can't avoid that without going off the road. Some guys will go way out of their way to miss a pothole. Oh, I love those people driving oh. into the guardrail or into oh, the Bedford yeah. Highway to avoid the two. They would pot. rather go into oncoming traffic or skid the, the, like you said, the side rail there than not just take a little bit of a bump. Because it's not a big a big uh, pothole. Some of them are huge. Um, there's one in particular out at Valley Village parking lot. And I'm not... Uh, you know, talking down to Valley Village, but they have a big pothole out there that's so large you can't even really get into one lane of their whole, like, to go down their whole parking. It's massive. That's, like, in my opinion, those are the ones that should be filled in regardless if it's still winter. Um, you know, we're getting to the summer, they're going to go fill them all and they won't crack. That's great. The smaller ones, yeah, you can leave those, but the big ones that could actually consume a vehicle, fix those. That's my opinion. I agree, and, you know, it's a problem that, doesn't exist everywhere. So my brother lives in Norway and they don't get potholes there because they use, and, and anybody can kind of give me the facts here. I'm, I'm talking matter from a fact. position, matter of facts of no mm. authority, but there is apparently a certain type of asphalt or some composite, probably with rubber in it, that does not pop up during the winter. The issue we have here is people don't want to pay more. They don't want the taxes to increase. The government won't make uh, spending more efficient in order to to pay for materials like this. And to be honest, there's kind of a lot of road in order to, you know, to have to repave. Mm. But in some parts of Europe, they get winters that are equally bad or worse than ours, and they just don't get potholes. I wish that was the case here. I'm glad we're kind of, you know, coming to a point now where they probably will be fixed. But I find there are, there are a few... Like, I got to go to Windsor today, and I already know that I'm going to encounter some on that highway there. And going out towards Hubbard's, you get them there too. But they're everywhere, and they're un- some of them are unavoidable, and you just got to take them a little bit of a bump. Some are worse than others. I haven't luckily had any issues yet in terms of damage to my car or losing my hubcap or flat tire. I've had friends who have gotten a flat tire because of it, but I haven't had anything happen to me yet, and I... Knock he on, is hoping. Knock on wood. And I don't know why I'm saying this as if it's not gonna, it could happen today. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's brutal. It's It definitely makes driving a little bit more. Like, I would rather, I was talking to Jenna about this the other day, I would rather drive with no potholes but in crappier conditions, like rain, right. rain or snow, especially at nighttime. Like, nighttime on those highways with the potholes is pretty scary because you, you don't see it to the last minute. And it's even tougher to avoid. And you don't want to swerve hard on the highway. You're going 100 or 110 or whatever you're going. 
nighttime's tough, so I try to avoid highway nighttime driving in those areas because of the potholes. But um, but like I said, a lot of them are unavoidable. Nova Scotia, the Peninsula Pothole Province. PPP. And then um, to, to wrap this Reddit thread up, we got the typical thing. So everyone's talking about how potholes should be replaced and how you should drive through them. And Reddit user JBBB chimes in with, so many pothole experts. Oh. That's what we all are online. Is that, who, is that you? you? That you wasn't big, me. No, no. We should probably chime in on this one. But, you know, that's Reddit Roundup, the inaugural Reddit Roundup. Mm. And we are going to continue featuring absurdity. Uh, we like, ideally, things that are kind of small in nature that, that drag out and become huge issues online. So keep posting. And we'll have another one for you next month. Yeah. Well, I think that, that brings us to the end of our very first inaugural it's the same thing podcast of matter of facts i think it went really good you know we hope you all be you all be kind to us you know our goal is to uh, refine and develop this and we're always open to ideas for for guests and for segments and what we want to talk please, about please we need you to come on the yeah, podcast please come on like you know we don't you know well you know we're excited for what's going to come and who we can get on here and we have some special guests lined up we won't announce them yet but it's going to be great. I mean, our, our main goal is to focus on the unsung, as we said, the humble and the underrecognized heroes of Halifax. They keep our city moving, moving and shaking, but they're often kept in the background. There's a lot of great things happening in Halifax right now, kind of flying under the radar. Like this podcast? Like this, bingo, like this podcast that most don't know about. So our goal is to bring that to light and, and shed a spotlight on those who may not want the spotlight. Uh, you know, just to let the people of Halifax know that this is a great city. There's a lot going on. And uh, like, for example, there's that that woman on Jeopardy right now. She's on like a seven game win streak. Yeah, like the people that's of great. Halifax. I'd love to get her on here at some point. Uh, the people of Halifax are doing incredible things. So we want to make sure we'd have to do the whole knows. interview though. Just just giving her the you know what the is, answers. Yeah. yeah, what is, and then she'll just school us in absolutely everything. <laughs> no, I think we we have an exciting podcast ahead of us, and, and as Alex says, we just want to feature the things in the area that often don't get the voice, and, and we can use this podcast as the voice. And equally, we want to hear from you if you have comment suggestions, lavish praise, written abuse. Mm. You mm. can email it to us. Now we did try to set up matter of facts at gmail.com but presumably 20 years ago someone who repaired fax machines took that address mm. so we have registered halifax podcast at gmail.com so send anything you like to that we we guarantee a response at least alec guarantees a response don't you i always guarantee a response i'm pretty yeah. quick on emails i'm, I'm just quick guy in general so I'm we need to get uh, actually we need to write to matter of facts at gmail.com and see who owns it yeah i'm curious see if we can 20 get... bucks for it yeah I would do that. I like that name. I mean, Halifax Podcast. Halifax Podcast works too, but if we can get that name, hmm. no, let's, let's bring them on it. the podcast. We'll, we'll remind let's them Let's bring in. the fax company on the podcast. And please subscribe as well to whatever, uh, whichever app you use. There's mm -hmm. so many podcast apps these days. People could be listening to this on just about anything, but oh, yeah. however you subscribe, please do that. And we'd like to thank you for joining us on the inaugural Matter of Facts podcast. I've had a lot of fun of you. I This was incredible. It's been a pleasure. It was very smooth. It was great. Hannah was awesome. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Onwards. Step, step by step. step, by oh, step. yeah. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Good way to end it. I like that. Step by step. Ooh, baby.